This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All righty, rocking and rolling. Hour number two of our radio program. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. The original 88, Drew Pearson, Cowboys legend, pro football Hall of Famer, is going to stop by 20 minutes from now. We'll get his thoughts on just what is a disaster yesterday if you're a fan of the drama Dallas choking Cowboys. I think Mike McCarthy's going to get fired. I would be shocked if Mike McCarthy is returning next year as the coach of the Cowboys. So with that being said, here's our poll question today at CBS Sports Radio at Zach Gelb. Between these four coaches, who should be coaching the Cowboys next year? Currently in first place, Bill Belichick with 38% of the vote. With 31.8% of the vote, Mike Vrabel in second. Uh, 19.9% say Jim Harbaugh in third. And then 10.3% do say Pete Carroll. So you continue to chime on in at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227, or at Zach Gelb and at CBS Sports Radio. We got two games, one about to kick off in about 30 minutes or so, Steelers and Bills. This game got moved because of that crazy snowstorm in Buffalo, as you found out uh, Saturday, early Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, they were able to pay fans $20 an hour to shovel snow. It's crazy with how much money the NFL prints that they don't have better protocols in place or that you only are able to offer fans $20. So the field is good but there's still snow all in the stands and they only cleared out the aisles. So like the walkway to get to your seats. And I saw a video of a Steeler fan. It was almost like it was a Papa bear with like three uh, cubs. The bear, basically the fan, the Steeler fan was just like muscling his way through the aisle and using his legs to clear out the snow. And then the kids were following him to get to the other end of the aisle and to do a benevolent thing and clear out the seats. I'm seeing some uh, shots right now on CBS, and it looks like the fans are making their way in there and shoveling off their uh, the, the snow off their seats. There's one fan, as I'm looking at right now, with the shovel, shoveling the seat to try to just get to the seat. So this goes either one or two ways. You will have celebratory snowballs today, where fans will be throwing snow up into the air, kind of like when Teddy Bruschi picked off. Uh, whatever the Dolphins quarterback was to win the Patriots uh, an AFC East championship years ago when fans will throw the snow up in the air for fun. But if you do have the Bills have a surprising loss today to the Steelers, you could have Bills fans throwing snowballs at their team. So that's something to watch between Bills and Steelers. No TJ Watt. I do like Buffalo in the game. Eagles Bucks. I think it's a coin flip now. No AJ Brown in the contest. Um, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay to get the job done tonight, but it wouldn't surprise me either way. Uh, on who wins that game. But you look at the four games from Saturday and Sunday that we got to see, uh, Texans and Browns, first and foremost, I I tweeted this out, and I don't really think it's, like, it's somewhat debatable, but I don't see how you could vehemently oppose it, and I don't think it's premature. With what C.J. Stroud has done this year, I think C.J. Stroud is now a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Like, entering next year, going into 2024, the 2024 season, I don't think there are five quarterbacks that you could tell me that you would rather have over C.J. Stroud. Like, this team does not have a lot. Nico Collins, I liked him coming out of Michigan. 
he is not as great of a wide receiver as what he's playing out to be. Like, like you do not have a great roster in Houston. You change the coach. You change the quarterback. You got it right there. Will Anderson Jr. lived up to the hype, too. And those three guys have really willed this team. And it, to see them blow out the Browns, which I thought that game was going to be a toss-up as well, it just shows you how great and how clutch and how advanced at such an early age C.J. Stroud is. But, like, in no order, Mahomes, we know, is a top-five quarterback. Joe Burrow's a top-five quarterback. Lamar Jackson's a top-five quarterback. Josh Allen is a top-five quarterback. Like, if you're going to tell me C.J. Stroud is in five, who are you putting there? Jalen Hurts? Not having a good year. Aaron Rodgers? Coming off an Achilles injury. Justin Herbert? Like, he doesn't... He's a phenomenal quarterback, but his his team success is not there. You got to win. Like, Trevor Lawrence out of that conversation after this year... You know, maybe there's an argument to be made for Matthew Stafford. You can't tell me Dak Prescott. So I really do believe that C.J. Stroud is going to enter next year as a top five QB in the NFL. So Texans and Browns, what a blowout, what a performance that was for the Texans. And give credit to guys like Nick Casario, D'Amico Ryans, Will Anderson, and C.J. Stroud. Also, just an honorable shout-out right here. We'll talk more about them later on in the show. But the Detroit Lions. The Lions fans roaring last night in that stadium. I don't know if I've ever tuned into a game and you could hear the fans as clear and as loud as you heard Lions fans last night. And that first half was awesome. It was high scoring. It was fun. You had Stafford and Goff matching big throw after big throw. And then the second half, the scoring went away. But when you needed a big play to happen, when no one thought it was coming, they thought you were going to run the football, Dan Campbell personified who he is as the coach of the Lions, where he's aggressive and he's going to do things that are unconventional. And Goff, who has been a solid quarterback but has not got universally praised and people just thought he was a throw-in in that Stafford deal for the uh, Lions to go snag another first-round pick to take on the contract of Jared Goff, he has been better than what anyone could have thought or anyone could have dreamt about for the Detroit Lions. And to make that big clutch throw on second and nine and end the game right there when probably everyone's saying up, how are the Lions going to blow this? How are the Lions going to continue to have the, the, uh, the, the biggest drought since a playoff win? Now it's the Dolphins. But to see that throw for Goff up against his old team, that was really damn cool. And just the entire battle, Stafford against Goff, that was awesome. And it was an awesome storyline. Uh, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, <laughs> I say this in a, in a positive way, they're two nut jobs. Like, they really are. <laughs> But they're awesome, and you need two highly energetic guys that are football guys that do things different to change around that organization. A great year for the Rams. No one thought they would be as good as they were, and they have now two young stars in Kyron Williams and also in uh, Puka Nakua, and you get to add into this old guard as well for the Rams. I don't think they're going anywhere in McVay as long as he stays as a head coach. Uh, that Rams team's always going to be a, a heck of a team. But now the Lions get an extra playoff game. Remember all the bitching and complaining, which they were rightful so, rightfully so, after the refs, Brad Allen, screwed them up? Well, now they ended up getting the, the Rams in the first round. You beat them. And not only that, the Cowboys go down yesterday, so now you elevate into the number two seed, and you end up getting that extra home game, which the Lions will have uh, next week. And that's the team. I think that right now. The team that everyone, if you don't have a dog in the fight, the team that everyone's going to be rooting for is the Detroit Lions because people love when you have lost for so many years and then you start to move in the right direction. But um, I will say the two games that 
elicited, I believe, the greatest responses about a quarterback in terms of questioning their future was the outcome of the Chiefs-Dolphins game and the Packers-Cowboys game. You know, give credit to Kansas City. They know how to win. I'm still not fully bought in on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, if they go to, if Buffalo wins this game, I do not think the Chiefs are going to beat the Buffalo Bills next weekend, but they're going to be a tough out. No one's going to want to face Kansas City. Uh, the Dolphins couldn't throw the football. The Dolphins couldn't do anything in the cold. I was dead wrong thinking the Dolphins were going to win the game. And then when you look at the Packers and the Cowboys, the Cowboys just got annihilated by the Green Bay Packers. We've been talking about it for the entirety of the show. And now we get into the conversation, which I do think it's the toughest conversation from a sports perspective to have when you're talking about positions in sports and contracts. And that's what to do with your quarterback. Because so many times we see good quarterbacks get paid like they're elite quarterbacks. And teams try to get ahead of the curve so they don't have to pay them even more money before their contracts even expire. But when you look at the Cowboys, here's what we know. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Dak Prescott can't win a big game, though, to save his life. And we've now seen three years of evidence to suggest that. And don't tell me, oh, well, he went head-to-head up against Tom Brady. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the NFC South. They finished below 500. That football team was 8-9. If that's what you're trying to tell me, that Dak is a big-game quarterback, get lost. All right? But Dak is now at the end of the road with this contract. And Jerry Jones has made it clear that they intend to bring him back, right? He's been saying that all throughout the season. There's been reports that Dak's going to get a contract uh, north of 45 or $50 million a year. And it's like crazy that a guy's going to get paid that much, but no one will have the expectation when he gets paid that contract that he's going to go win a Super Bowl or anyone actually believes and genuinely believes that Dak Prescott will win a Super Bowl. But it's like, as we were talking about earlier, what else are the Cowboys going to do? That's the rate. You know, I, I know Santa threw out Trey Lance. I can't get behind the Trey Lance train. Um, you want to tell me go trade for Justin Fields? Even though I believe Justin Fields could be a good quarterback, and I do think the Bears will end up trading him, what happens if you don't get him? So you want to tell me maybe Kirk Cousins? If you could only get him on a two-year deal, and then you don't have to go commit four or five years to Dak? I like Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, but Kirk is also coming off an Achilles injury. So I really do believe when it comes to the quarterback, the Cowboys have reached a dead end where let's say you're someone that says, oh, get rid of Dak Prescott. I don't know if there's an alternative out there that is going to keep you in the race here. And it's the crappy part of sports. And I know, Samter, this is like the one topic that drives you crazy and drives you bonkers because you think it's insanity. I'm not saying you're wrong. When this guy in all likelihood is going to get a $50 million a year or $45 plus million a year from uh, a deal a year from the Dallas Cowboys. And I can't sit there and say, like, based off his ability, he deserves it. But since he's in that range of being a good quarterback, we've seen it over and over and over again. Good quarterbacks get great money because teams don't want to envision life with having an average or a below average or a bad quarterback. And we've seen teams before win with good quarterbacks. So it's a tricky situation, and it's not as if they continue to kick the can down the road because they can't franchise tag him because the way his last contract was made. And also, he's now in the final year of his deal in a year where Cowboys fans, as crazy as this argument ever was, were saying that this guy should have been the MVP of the NFL. So I, 
Like, I know I like to make fun of the Cowboys. I do not envy them for the spot they're in with this contract because you can't move on from him, in my opinion. But if you do move on from him, I don't think there's a good alternative out there. It's just one of those years. So the question really, and this is not just for about Dak and about the Cowboys, but here's the real question. I think we can all agree Dak is an above-average quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's a, So top 10 probably, top 12, somewhere um, in that general range? I think he is a borderline top 10 quarterback. There are moments he looks like a top 10 quarterback, and you can maybe tell me he's as high as 8 um, when you look at it, but then whenever you start to say, oh, he's playing great, or he is a top 10 quarterback, he takes a, st- a step or two just outside the top 10. But he's in that conversation. So you want to say he's in that you know 8 to 12 yeah, range, Yeah, I think right? that's fair. Mm-hmm. Are, as, as any team, do you want that 8 to 12 range, a guy who you don't really think is going to ever be able to lead you to a Super Bowl at $45, $50 million a year, or a guy like Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whatever who might be 18, 19, 20, but he's only costing you 10, 12, 20 million? The difference in money matters. In it a does. salary cap league, it matters. Paying a guy that you know that will never bring you to a Super Bowl $50 million will not only prevent you from winning a Super Bowl with him, but will hamstring you at any point in the future while you have him on your team. So there is zero reason to give Dak Prescott that money. I understand that that's the next level. If you do not think that Dak is the guy, if you do not think that Dak can lead you to a championship, he's gone one and done three straight years. He can't do it. So don't give him the money. Well, he won give a playoff tri- game against Tampa Bay. Fine, Tampa Bay. <laughs> Sorry, he went. But that wasn't almost a playoff game. Yeah, right. <laughs> the end of the day, like he he can't he can't do it. You know he can't do it. Mm-hmm. He can't win the big games in so, the big moments. So why give him the money and hold your franchise back for the next decade? Don't do it. Go with a guy like Trey Lance or Justin Fields or nah, whoever you, you can't else. Go Trey Lance. Go with Joe Flacco. No, stop, it doesn't stop. matter. I would rather have a guy who's a worst quarterback at one third the the, no. the cost of Dak because at least I know I'm still not going to win. Can I make your argument? But I can you? build a better team around that guy who's not going to win. Can I enhance your argument with you? I'm not even arguing here with you. I'm just I'm just saying here. If the Cowboys are going to move on from Dak, what they need to do is do what. The Bills and the Chiefs did. They were good teams, the Bills and the Chiefs. Both in the playoffs. They traded up in the draft. So, you know, I'm not saying you're going to go right up to one, but could you get that fourth pick? Could you get that fifth pick and draft a Jaden Daniels? You know, something like that and go get your younger quarterback and get a rookie deal? I guess that's probably the best alternative if you are in the line of thinking that Dak Prescott needs to go and they're not going to give him the contract. Now, on the other hand, let me get you a. I know we got to take a break because the original 88 is about to join us, Drew Pearson. On the other hand, the Miami Dolphins. Don't get ahead of the curve here. Tua had a good season. The other years, I know that Brian Flores didn't embrace Tua, but Tua's been disappointing or he's been hurt. Miami, there's a fifth year option that you picked up. Let him play out this deal. You could still use the franchise tag after that. You cannot rush after one good season where the Dolphins didn't beat many good teams, you cannot rush and give Tua a four- or five-year deal for 45 or $50 million a year. You cannot do that. Like, Dallas doesn't have the luxury of kicking the can down the road anymore. You do. Let Tua play out the fifth-year option. You always have the franchise tag on the back end as well if you need to do it to buy more time to figure out a contract. But I think it would be crazy... Barring two, it takes a significant discount, which quarterbacks never do, 
I think the Dolphins would be crazy to give a four or five year extension at $45, $50 million a year to Tua Tunga Vailoa this offseason. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio, the original 88, Cowboys Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Drew Pearson's going to join us on the other side. What do the Cowboys do with Dak Prescott? What do the Cowboys do with Mike McCarthy? We'll check in with Drew Pearson when we return in five minutes. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can stream the NFL and Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Now joining us, the original number 88 Cowboy legend, NFL legend. This never gets old, calling him a pro football Hall of Famer. I know yesterday was not a good day, to say the least, for his Dallas Cowboys as the Packers just annihilated them, but always do appreciate when we get to spend a few minutes with Drew Pearson. Drew, appreciate the time. I would ask you how you're doing, but I know you can't be in a good mood today. No, not really, Zach. You know, uh, disappointed, you know, the way we started the game, the way we played throughout the game, and then the way we finished the game. So it was not a good day for the Dallas Cowboys and even more disappointing that they had the home field advantage to a certain extent in these playoffs. They win, they get another game at home, and they couldn't take advantage of that opportunity. Have the Cowboys hit a point where they've just reached a a mental roadblock? Because they have more talent than the Green Bay Packers. But you're right. The moment the Packers won the toss, took the ball, and went right down the field and scored, they set the tone, and the Cowboys just never recovered from that. It seemed like they panicked early. Well, you know, Zach, the thing I look for initially in a football game, especially a playoff game, is who's bringing the intensity. Now, if both teams are bringing it, you're going to have a darn good football game. But if one team's bringing it to the playoff level and the other team is not doing that or taking that uh, and doing something with it or, or responding to that, then you're going to have a domination by one team over another. And that's what happened. It's not the play calling. It's not the uh, uh, schemes. It's the, uh, it's wanting to do it, you know, just have that emotional level that no matter what they bring at you, uh, and they brought a lot, you know, they had a great game plan coming in, especially offensively. Uh, but, you know, they brought physicality too. They punched us in the mouth. We took it and we didn't respond in the way you're supposed to respond in a playoff situation. You know, before you know it, well, we're way down. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, Drew Pearson, because two out of the last three years, like that first San Francisco game, they were playing from behind and they weren't ready from the jump. And then yesterday, uh, I don't know how they weren't ready for that game, but once again, they weren't ready. And that's now two out of three years where they just had these terrible starts uh, in playoff games. Yeah, and San Francisco did the same thing two years ago. You know, we they just punched us quick. You know, I was there at the game and I saw that level they brought. And the Cowboys were, you know, they're feeling around and all this. But San Francisco was there with a purpose. 
They're aware to win, win that football game. Green Bay came to town with a purpose. They're probably glad just to get out of Green Bay to come to Texas. You know, we, we're a little chilly, but it's not Green Bay kind of cold. But no, they came to town with a purpose. They said, we're going to take this game, and they're playing at a high level. So we should have expected their play on the field and what they brought as far as the game plan and things they do on the field was going to be good football. But the extra that they brought was that intensity level, that emotional level. And, you know, sometimes, Zach, when you go on the road, there's more of a camaraderie type thing. You know, you're traveling together, you're on the plane together, you're at the hotel, you eat together, the breakfast, the meetings, everything's together. When you're at home, you're all over the place. Relatives, you know, they say success is relative. You play a Cowboy playoff game, you find out how many relatives you have, okay? They come from everywhere, you know? And you got to take care of this, you got to take care of that. And so sometimes you might have a tendency to lose your focus, especially if you're not experienced in dealing with those kind of situations. So Green Bay came in here focused, ready to play. And they started from day, uh, from quarter one uh, and took it to us, and we didn't respond. We sat back and took it, took it. And the way they did it, you know, dominating us on the ground in the running game and then hitting us with the big plays, making Jordan Love look even better. People are saying today on the talk shows I've been hearing, this guy might be better than Aaron Rodgers, you know. And we're responsible for that because we made him look like that. Yes. Talking to the original 88, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Drew Pearson. I know how much you love this team. You've been a part of a lot of Dallas Cowboy games, and then you've watched a ton of them throughout uh, many years. Was this the most disgusted that you've ever been with the Cowboys team after that performance yesterday? No, no, I've been disgusted before. There's times even when I played, okay, I was disgusted about some of our performances. But, no, this is disappointing. You know, this is at a low level. But here's the deal. What, what do we do from here? Okay, we know where we are now. You know, we know how we got there. We won a lot of games in the preseason. Then how come we're not ready when the playoffs come? How come we weren't ready uh, against San Francisco when the playoffs come? That's what we need to investigate. I don't think we need to get rid of – certainly don't need to get rid of the quarterback. I mean, we, two weeks ago we were talking about MVP candidate, you know. But what we need, and we certainly don't need to get rid of the, the coach, okay? We don't need to start over with this organization, with this football team. Jerry Jones is 81 years old. He's going to start over again. You're going to bring a new coach in here to bring in a new philosophy. This will be how many times Zach has changed coordinators and offensive philosophies if you let McCarthy go, you know? So find out the reasons why what's going on. Don't talk to me about Belichick. Don't talk to me about uh, Carroll, Pete Carroll. Those guys are ba uh, Band-Aids. The only coach I would accept the Cowboys going after and getting is Harbaugh, okay, up in Michigan. And the reason I say that is because he's a great coach, but he's young. You can build on him. You can't build off of Belichick. You can't build off of Pete Carroll. Those are Band-Aids. So stick with what you got in McCarthy and find out why. You can't get over that home. Identify it and try to correct it. Hood, hood. Now you're getting me fired up, Zach. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a sweat towel. <laughs> the great Drew Pearson here with us. With that being said, that's what you think they should do. Do you think they will bring back Mike McCarthy? Because Jerry, 
He can't be thrilled yesterday. I don't care how I've been as critical as anyone of the Cowboys. No one saw them losing that game yesterday. I do think McCarthy is going to be sent packing and they're going to go for somebody else. You do, huh? But, you know, again, Jerry's 81. I think I don't think he's at that point where he wants to uh, uh, bring somebody else in. You know, the biggest hit on their salary cap is their quarterback, you know? So you got to be thinking about him. What's comfortable for him? And if it's McCarthy coming in another season, you know, based on what they did the first season together as, you know, him calling the plays, then maybe they can improve. But the real improvement with this football team needs to be on the defensive side of the football. You know, the way they've been gouging us in the running game and hitting those big runs and creating situations where a guy like Jordan Love, you know, if second and short, you know, third and short, those kind of situations are are uh, uh, conducive for him and the kind of play he, you know, because you, now you've got the play-action game coming into focus. So anyway, I don't think uh, – but here's the uh, – I don't know if you can see that. That's yeah, a picture I can see in the day's paper. Yeah, those are all the Joneses, Mr. Jones, Steve and, and Jerry uh, Jr. And the young guy in there, He's gr- they're grooming him already. That's uh, Stephen Jones's son. So uh, anyway, that's the disappointment they're showing. And I see that. I see that on Jerry's face. And I say, no, I don't think he wants to tear it down and start all over. I think he wants to try it again and see if they can correct what they need to do to get over that home set. You're a part of greatness. You know what it is to be great in this league. I'm glad you brought up the defense because for this entire year, when they were playing inferior opponents and they were blowing out these opponents and not allowing a lot of points, people called this Cowboys defense great. It looks like this was just a good Cowboys defense, not a great Cowboys defense because that shouldn't be lost in yesterday. Man, um, even with how great love has been down the stretch, to have him look like that in his playoff start, man, that is a real indictment on this defense right now headed into next year. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, they say, you you know, I'm an offensive guy. They, you know, they say you win games with offense, but you win championships with defense. And there is no question about that. When we were having success back in the day with the original triplets, me, uh, Dorsett, uh, Roger Staubach, Tony Hill, Billy Joe, you know, we're having 20-some points a game. The reason we had that, a lot of the reason we had that success is because of the doomsday defense in a lot of situations was giving us good field position to work with. You know, we very seldom had to go the length of the field to get what we needed to put on the scoreboard. So defense is, you know, got to be the focus here. You know, apparently it looks like we need some beef up front, you know, because that's where you start stopping the run with that beef up front and trying to control the offensive line. And then following that up, you know, with good play with your linebackers. Look, think about all the, uh, tackles we missed just yesterday, you know, open field in, inside the uh, box tackles we were missing, getting blocked at the at the right time where we stepping up thinking we're going to make the tackle. And then here they come, you know, knocking us. You probably anticipate those kind of things. But anyway, we've got to improve the defense. And I think that's where the improvement on offense. I think we need to go get a tough, rough running back that can run up inside and that will complement Tony Derrick Henry's available. So. Derrick Henry be Derrick a good Henry. option. Hey, I, I like him. I'll take him. But here's the guy <laughs> I like. I don't know if he's available. But that James Conner yeah. from the Arizona Cardinals, that's a bad dude, man. 
I would like to see him in our backfield. You hear that, Jerry? Go after James Conner. Now bring him to the offense. I think that'll be an improvement to the running game. That would be fun. <laughs> I know you talked about continuity and how you want to see McCarthy back and Dak Prescott back, but Dak Prescott is a free agent. They can't franchise tag him. So the going rate for quarterbacks is $45, $50 million a year. It's tough for me to give all that money to a quarterback when I don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl uh, in the NFL. But then once again, what do the Cowboys do if you don't bring back Dak Prescott at the quarterback position? It's a lot of money to give Dak. Well, that's that's the thing. You know, back in the day when we were wide receivers asking for more money, Gil Brandt used to say – what makes you so special? I could shake a tree and pick up five wide receivers before they hit the ground, you know. But now the players have a little bargaining power, you know, because of their, their salary. So that Dak is not going anywhere because of that. They got to make it work with that. And, you know, Dak is the kind of player, if he needs to adjust this contract, take less or whatever, you know, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, they make a lot of money on the field but they also make a lot of money off the, off field. the field. Absolutely. You know, Roger Staubach's salary used to stay down and held our salaries down simply because Roger, the type of guy that he is, he would combine what he was making off the field with what he's making on the field. So when I go ask Gil Grant for this, he said, you think you should make more than Roger Staubach? And I say, Roger don't make that, you know? But he didn't make that in his Cowboy contract, but because he was doing so many things off the field and creating a life for himself, after football, off the field, uh, then Roger would take less money. But this is a different situation nowadays. The players have some uh, power, so to speak, because of their contracts and because of the amount of money their contracts represent against each team's salary cap. And so another thing, if you get rid of that, where are you going to go? Cooper Rush? Come on, man. I heard that DeVito guy is available. So maybe we'll go. <laughs> you want to deal maybe with we'll this agent? There, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring him on here. We'll put a real hat on him, a cowboy hat on him. <laughs> Last thing I'll ask you, Drew Pearson, because you're cowboy royalty. You love this, uh, this team more than anybody I know. What's your message to the players? What would you say to the players so they finally get this right in Jerry's world? Feel this. Feel this loss. Feel this hurt. Read the articles. Listen to these people talk about you on TV. Tell them how bad you are and use that as motivation. You know, we're part of the 88 club with CD, and CD didn't have a good game, you know. But what we lend him to our uh, texting group that we have is encouragement, you know. You know, but you got your head down. You're disappointed, but let this hurt motivate you. But a lot of times in the NFL nowadays, when teams lose a big game like that, and it hurts them, those same players aren't even on the team the next year because of movement and transition in the league. But that's what I would tell them. Every time I played in seven NFC championship games, okay, I lost four of them. But every time I lost those championship games, it provided the motivation to get me to work out and get get back to another championship and try to get over that hump. So use this as motivation. Now, being a pro football player nowadays, again, with the money, they, may, they shouldn't need that kind of motivation. But this is a different type of motivation. This is the type of motion, motivation you feel in your heart, not in your pocket. Okay? So use that to get better and find out what you need to do, each player individually. You know, Bruno's, Bruno's, Bruno Mars has this song, The Man in the Mirror. Check that song out. Look in the mirror at yourself. 
and make it better and do your job. Hood, hood. Absolutely love it. I always love when we get a chance to connect with Drew Pearson, the original 88, the Pro Football Hall of Famer. Drew, nothing but good health to you and your family. Appreciate you doing this. Thanks so much. Anytime, Zach. You the man. See those? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Drew Pearson showing the rings. We'll see if the Cowboys ever get one again. I don't know if that's going to be the case uh, with Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy as the quarterback and the coach of uh, this team, but a fascinating perspective from Drew Pearson. We'll react to it on the other side. It is the Zach Gelb show on CBS sports radio. Let's get the latest update in with the act man, Rich Ackerman. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. Alrighty. News brief time. But first, let me tell you, the Buffalo Bills and Pittsburgh Steelers have started. The Bills have the ball first, and they are matriculating the ball down the field. Stephon Diggs just had a catch. That's going to put them just outside of the red zone. So Buffalo about 25 yards or so out, just getting a new set of downs, uh, first and 10. They're going to try to get this ball in the end zone right out of the gate. So no score, Bills and Steelers, but... Buffalo feeding Stephon Diggs early with that big catch right there to get them a first down and to move the chain. So we'll continue to monitor this game as it does uh, continue. James Cook just got a first down. That's going to move him inside the red zone all the way down to the 12-yard line. And then later tonight, we do have the Philadelphia Eagles going to Tampa Bay to go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Let's get to Andy Reid. I think this is one of the greatest photos of all time. His mustache was frozen as the uh, Kansas City Chiefs dominated the Miami Dolphins on Saturday night in frigid Kansas City. Andy, I know you were able to you know, make it mind over matter about the weather, but it looked like that you had to deal with some icicles in the mustache. Um, <laughs> you just, just say, bring it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the worst thing that could happen is it falls off, right? So I know with the wind chill, it was negative 30 degrees, they were saying. Uh, in Kansas City. Let me just ask you this, Samta, real quickly. What do you think that was that was uh, frozen on the mustache of uh, one Andy Reid? Because how does the... I know, like, I have been outside. I saw videos of beers getting frozen. When I was in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl, I was at a Dicka and Jaws uh, cigar event, Mike Dicka, Ron Jaworski. They do a great job with Rudolph Foods. And I went outside to go smoke a cigar, and I had a Guinness in my hand. And when I went outside... In the frigid weather in Minneapolis, the beer froze. But his actual beard was frozen. Like, what was that? I mean, do you really want to know? Yeah. I I mean, I know what the answer is, and it's kind of gross. What happens when you're outside and it's really cold out? Your nose is running. And what happens when you have a mustache and you can't tell that it's coming out? Now that I have a big beard... Right when it's cold yeah. out, it's coming out. You don't feel it on your lip because you got this beard protecting it. That's what she that said. was all. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what does mean? What kind know. of girls are you it dating? Just, it just sounded wrong when when you said things were coming out and and things like that. So I, I have a very juvenile mind. I do. Uh, hopefully you're not dating girls with beards. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, that, but that's what that was. Yeah. So a lot of snot. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and he's got a big, thick mustache that he's had for years. He doesn't feel anything on that upper lip anymore. No. And, and yeah, you can literally no, throw a football at his face, you wouldn't even feel it. You are right, because, like, even when I, I, I walked two hours yesterday uh, in the city, I was, like, just outside the Times Square area. I was meeting my family for lunch, 
And then I walked from there all the way back to my apartment, which is in the financial district. I had two hours to kill before the game. So I was like, oh, I'll get some steps in when I'm just going to sit on my couch all day, stuff my, my face with uh, sweet potato chips, cheese, and uh, wings. So I got that walk in. It wasn't even freezing yesterday. And I even felt the snot, like, running out of my nose, down my face when you were walking in the city. So that's just wonderful. Andy Reid with a snot uh, mustache for all of us to see. What a glorious photo, though. Let's go to uh, Patrick Mahomes. So his helmet broke during the game, and he was incensed when they took him out and they gave him a new helmet, and since it wasn't worn in, it was cold and all that since it was sitting on the sideline. Uh, this is Patrick Mahomes on a uh, viral uh, broken helmet. Yeah, I, I knew I didn't know what happened at the in the moment, but I got in the huddle and everybody was telling me, and I was like, I I got y'all, but I'm not coming out the game, so we can figure it out on the sideline. So I was hoping we scored. Obviously, we didn't end up getting in the end zone, but uh, yeah, it was a first for me. Well, it was weird. Even the the TV ref, and I don't even like TV refs. They said he either has to go out on the sideline and get the helmet done. Or they have to take a timeout, and the refs just stopped the game so he could swap out the helmet. But that's what happens when you're the biggest star in the sport. Hey, Stu, I got to ask you this, because I know you are a Swifty. I thought the videos of Taylor Swift uh, swag surfing, as they say from the song, I thought that was great with her sitting next to Donna Kelsey. I even thought Brittany Mahomes came off likable in that video, too. It got a lot of people, though, fired up. I don't know how this turned into a political issue, but... It ended up uh, being so uh, with some of the things I follow on social media. I know that you'll defend Taylor Swift, but did anything annoy you from some of the uh, reaction of Taylor Swift just having fun rooting on her mans at the game? Yeah, I don't understand the visual yeah. reaction. I, I know people are tired of her, and I, I get that to an extent, sure. but for them to be outraged about that, I, I, I don't get that. I don't know what I missed, but I, I was following a lot of uh, speculation on Twitter, and it turned into a, a political issue. I don't get how. Uh, Tyree Kill expected more from the team this year. It's, it's tough, man, especially um, with the type of team that we got. Um, obviously, there are high expectations of everyone, and, you know, we hold ourselves to a standard. So we're definitely, you know, expecting to be a, a really good team this year. Um, definitely wasn't expecting a first-round exit. Well, you needed two healthy. You got that. And then you needed to get to the second round of the playoffs, and you didn't get that. So um, I would not say that this is a failure of a year for – the Miami Dolphins, but I can't look back and say that this was a super successful season because of the way that it ended. They were leading the AFC East all throughout the year, and then they lost the game that they could have won up against Buffalo. Buffalo then wins the AFC East, and you guys end up going on the road uh, and having to go as the sixth seed to Arrowhead to go up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, let's go to uh, Rob Gronkowski, the Gronkers. Get him better on TV. I thought he was good yesterday on Fox Sports on the uh, future of Bill Belichick. Don't expect Coach Belichick to be done from here on out. He's coming back with vengeance, and I've been hearing on the streets that the Atlanta Falcons wow. are coming in hot for Coach Wrong Belichick. breaking news. I've got a deer to the streets. He's taking Jay's job right now. I think Belichick's going to be coaching next year. I think Kraft practically even said it at the amicable parting of ways, which wasn't really that amicable because Bill still wanted to coach the Patriots, but Robert Kraft was like, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And Bill was like, no, I'm not doing X, Y, and Z. Okay, then we're going to let you go. Uh, you at least get up in front of the podium, shake my hand, and then we'll, we'll let you walk out of the facility and, and not try to trade you. Um, I do think the Cowboys, once they fire McCarthy, and I do think that will happen. I disagree with Drew Pearson who just joined us. I don't believe McCarthy will be back. I think it would be foolish. I think they'll explore Bill Belichick, but probably the likeliest destination will be the Atlanta Falcons. By the way, the poll question at Zach Elbat, CBS Sports Radio, between these four coaches, who should be coaching the Cowboys next season? Belichick is sitting uh, high and pretty in first place still at 38% of the vote. 
You do have Mike Vrabel at 31.8%, Jim Harbaugh at 19.9%, and Pete Carroll in at 10.3%. The Lions, you have a playoff win. First playoff victory since 1991. You could cross that off. Aiden Hutchinson on hosting a divisional uh, round game next week. NBC Sports with Melissa Sparks. Now you will host another playoff game here. I mean, could you even have imagined? No, no. I, I think we all wanted Dallas again, but the fact that we're back here, it's a blessing. So it's going to be fun next weekend. Whoever goes there, and that's going to be because you know the Packers won as the seventh, uh, the 49ers. That's the winner of the Eagles and Buccaneers game. Man, that crowd and that environment, you better be ready from the jump. Because if you're not ready from the jump, and even the Rams are ready for the jump, uh, you'll, you'll get smacked in that game. That's that building. There's certain environments, and I've been in them, when the crowd could take over a game and the Lions fans could take over that game, especially when they're 60 minutes away from going to an NFC title game. Uh, let's go back to the Cowboys. Biggest story of the day, Jerry Jones on the uh, devastating loss to the Green Bay Packers. This is uh, one of my most surprises since I've been involved in sport, period. Can't reach back and look at a playoff loss, uh, uh, but this uh, seems like the, uh, the, the most uh, painful uh, because uh, we all had such great expectation and we had hope for this team. Even if you thought the Cowboys were fraudulent like I did, no one thought they were losing yesterday. That's what makes this one stunning. And Jerry Jones just got basically like hit by a bus and he just had no clue what happened to him. And that's how all Cowboys fans should feel today. Here is uh, Mike McCarthy on the uh, blowout loss to the Green Bay Packers. You know, number one, we're very disappointed uh, to a man. Um, uh, I don't think anybody saw this this coming. I mean, you got to give Green Bay credit. Uh, they came in there hot. And, and this, um, what you saw on film over the past month, um, you know, they executed and we didn't. Um, so we didn't, you know, we didn't get it done in any of the phases. And then finally, here's Dak Prescott in the future. Mike McCarthy with a lot of people expecting him to get fired. I've had the season that I've had because of him. Um, we, this team has had the success that they've had because of him. And uh, I understand it's about winning the Super Bowl. And, and that, that's the standard of the league and damn sure the standard of this place. So um, I get it, but add me to the list in that case. It's a respectable answer by Dak Prescott. And maybe Dak's voice will carry a lot of weight here. But... I would be surprised at least by the end of the week. And I think it would probably come tomorrow or, or Wednesday if we don't get an announcement from Jerry Jones just saying it was time to move on. We think Mike is a, a good head football coach, but we think we need something else to get us over the top because we had a team that we thought was ready this year, even though I didn't think that. And to get just annihilated and destroyed in the first round of the playoffs by a seven seed is something that does have ramifications. All righty, Zach Gelb shows CBS Sports Radio. I think it was Dawson Knox who got the uh, first touchdown for the Buffalo Bills. They're up seven to nothing against the Steelers. Steelers have the ball first and 10 at their own 25-yard line with 7.02 to go. Uh, we're hoping Buffalo wins this game. I, I personally am. I want to see Buffalo go up against Kansas City. That would be Sunday, the last game of uh, divisional round weekend next Sunday. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. 
Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.